Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Com follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. First Bet wants you to get on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with promo code Vegas1000. Receive $10 instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus. Visit vsin.com slash horses for details. Bonus code Vegas1000. We continue on a football Friday talking uh, NFL. Now we'll dive into the football team and the Giants. Grant Paulson does a great job covering the team in Washington, D.C. for 106.7 The Fan. Uh, Grant, good morning. Thanks for the time today. How are you? My pleasure, fellas. Good morning. How are you? Doing really well. Before before we get into this game coming up on Sunday, you can find (laughs) the next team name for Washington. Certain sports books, maybe faraway places. Maybe if you have any inside uh, info here on this. The Admirals are a $5 favorite, followed by the Commanders at 11-4. The Red Hogs are 7-1, to and then the list goes on beyond that. Do you have anything that you could tell us here about what the next team and what it could be? Yeah, I have no inside information. I mean, the speculation in town for a little while has been that it's going to be military-themed, and they released these uniforms, the new-look jerseys. Well, we haven't seen the full jersey. They did kind of a teaser video where they put out little still images of nuances on the jersey. Among them are, are military-like stars right underneath of like the shoulder down the side of the jersey. So a lot of people think that that means that it's going to be military-themed, which is kind of what we've thought all along. You know, it's going to perhaps get the least backlash uh, as far as names go. You're changing the name. Everyone's going to be disappointed at first because everyone hates everything and Twitter's going to crush whatever you do. So <laughs> the yeah. thought has been, you know, maybe if they go military, they'll get a little bit more support. Uh, because of that, I think commanders and admirals are the top two choices. You've had a couple people come out and say, among them Boomer Esiason on, on his show on WFAN, that, you know, he thinks it's admirals or, you know, I, it was an awkward thing where he kind of said he was reporting it was admirals jokingly. I don't know if that swung the pendulum, but since then, a lot of people have seemed to think that that's it. Uh, There was a rumor that at one point the the website redirected the Washington football team. I I dismiss all that stuff because you can make any website redirect anywhere. And I think everyone's just kind of, you know, searching for something that isn't there. But if I had to guess right now, I'd say it's commanders. The name I've liked the most all along is actually Red Hogs. You know, they they called their offensive line when they were winning Super Bowls the Hogs. Mm -hmm. I think if you you went Red Hogs, which is an actual animal that you can find in zoos in Chicago and some other places, you know, you you could do some cool things with like an angry cartoon hog on the helmet. And uh, you you could stick with some of your 
you know, your themes. They have a, a HTTR hail to the old name theme. They've got a, a song hail to the old team. And if it's Red Hogs, you can keep the, the HTTR and the song would sound the same. So I've always kind of thought that made the most sense and paid some homage to the past. But th- that's why those are the three favorites. Mm. Okay. Good stuff. From a gambling standpoint now on this game Sunday, we want to fade the Giants again. We think they're the worst team in football in current form. But Washington head coach Ron Rivera said this week, quote, we're going to find out what our young players can do, end of quote, as betters grant. How are we supposed to interpret that? Well, I wouldn't worry a lot about Ron Rivera saying that. You know, he said last week Kyle Allen was going to play, and then Taylor Heineke played pretty well, and Kyle Allen didn't play. Uh, so I, I think he's saying things as if, you know, we're in evaluation mode because that's what you're supposed to be doing. But they're playing and coaching to win these games as they probably should, right? That's you know, the whole point. Um, and by the way, they play most of their young players anyway because they've had so many COVID and injury issues. I mean, most of the guys that they've been playing who are young guys either weren't on the team a few weeks ago or are up off the practice squad. Those guys have been playing as it is. So it wouldn't really be a, a market difference in terms of personnel or the playing guys who hadn't the the one major sea change could be that they get Kyle Allen some run at quarterback. And to be completely honest with you, I'm not sure if their offense wouldn't move more with Kyle Allen at quarterback because he's a better thrower of the football than Taylor Heineke who's more of a a dual threat. Who's a pretty limited passer without arm strength and in the cold weather, you know, in the wind, particularly in the the Meadowlands, but in December, wherever they've been, it's been a little bit of a struggle for them outdoors. So I don't think you have to worry about them being worse specifically on offense uh, this week. If that's the case, my question just is from sheer firepower standpoint, are they good enough to cover seven? You know, when I see a line like that, my thought is always, okay, is this offense good enough to put up points to pull away from their opponent? And my answer this week would probably be yes, because the giants are that bad and they're probably going to score somewhere around, you know, 10 points, 13 points. Washington then only has to get to 20, but this is a team. If you look at it, they've scored more than 20, I think two times without a defensive touchdown since like the middle of October. So it's just not a potent offense. It's not a prolific group. They don't get chunk yardage plays. They got to go 12 and 13 plays to get points. And it's just hard to do that without making a mistake when your personnel is what theirs is. How about the comments by judge? Uh, earlier last week about this isn't a clown organization fist fights on the sidelines if that got any play and then judge declined the call with the DC media. Yeah. So it's interesting. So first of all, Rivera is going to use that. I mean, that, that's, that's a Rivera staple. That's what he does um, to his credit. You know, he's going to find whatever he can and he will downplay it publicly. He's got a line that he uses probably 5,000 times a season where he says that's interesting, not important. You know, we focus on what's important, not interesting. And that's his axiom of, of his way of avoiding talking about anything he doesn't want to talk about, basically. So he used that on the Joe Judge storyline this week. But you could tell the way he laughed, he kind of scoffed about it. Like he did take some offense to it. And it is going to be something that's brought up with his team. Um, just like a few weeks ago when the Dallas Cowboys were trolling Washington all week long leading up to the game that they played at FedEx Field, and it was pretty clear that Rivera was going to use that in his messaging and was upset. Now, the team laid an egg. They ended up losing 27-20, but they were down 18 nothing right at the start of the game. The difference in this matchup is they're better than the Giants, I think, from a talent standpoint, whereas they weren't with the Cowboys. 
But uh, as fans, you know, we're, I would say, riled up or annoyed by it. But it's interesting because if that would have happened, like in week two when these teams played on Thursday night football and Washington won a squeaker, I think it would have been a massive story in the talk of the town all week because of the name change development where we're now 26 days away from the name being changed because it's the end of the season and people are looking ahead to the quarterback class and kind of checking out. It's kind of fallen down the list of Mm. things that fans care about, but you can rest assured it's going to come up in a team meeting or two because when he says we're not a clown organization, we don't have guys fist fighting on the sidelines. There's only one team where that's happened all year and it was Washington. Yeah, No question. pretty clear who, who you're taking the shot at. Yeah, I, wa- I wanted to ask you that based on what has happened here and transpired with the comments, uh, you know, this week from Judge, like this rivalry, where where is it even anywhere close to where it was in the heyday back in the 80s and early 90s? No, not really, just because the teams are bad. Yeah. You know, and they've been bad for a while. Like there's, I'll say specific to this week, I mean, the momentum or the buzz in town going into this game is almost nothing. And I mean that. I mean, it's just because neither team's going to the playoffs. It's it's the final week of the season. I mean, that would be expected, I think, in any football market. Uh, But the Giants are the only team that has not had a winning record for a single week in the last five years. I mean, they've been awful. Mm -hmm. And Washington has been a laughingstock for a long time and obviously hasn't been playoff relevant in in many, many years. Their last playoff win came as a one-off in 2005. And before that, you got to go back to 1999. So you're talking about one win in the 2000s under this current owner. So when that happens, when it's just two teams that play a lot and aren't particularly good, the rivalry dissipates. Um, and I think that that has happened. You know, here the hatred rank goes, I would say, Eagles, excuse me, Cowboys one, Eagles two, Giants three. And that's mostly because of those teams, the Giants, even though they've had a couple of Cinderella runs where, you know, the clock didn't strike midnight and they won a title. So by and large, they haven't been nearly as uh, good recently as those other couple of teams. So you don't get nearly as much uh, flack from their fans as those other teams. Mm-hmm. All right. So just to confirm one last thing, you think seven is too many points this week with Washington. I do. I was surprised. I just can't imagine somebody thinking Washington should go into a game expected to win by seven points when they can't score. But again, I think this is, you know, as I've gone back and forth and I think in the end, I might even take them. Originally, my thought was there's no way I'm taking them to cover seven. But after rewatching that Giants Bears game, which I did a few nights ago in their last couple of weeks, I may take them to cover because I think they could score 17 points in cover. Mm. I mean, if when Jake Fromm played a couple of weeks ago, the scene from a little giants came to mind where like the, the fans and the parents all screamed every time they got a yard, we gained the yard. Like that's what the giants <laughs> offense was. Yes. It was so bad and so embarrassing last week. And I'm not trolling the giants. I mean, I'm, I'm just a football fan. I don't care either way, but last week they threw the ball like four times and ran it 30 in their first 34 plays numbers approximate. And it wasn't like that was because they were pounding the ball and they weren't scoring. They were down by a ton. I have no idea what they're doing at this point. I don't understand anything about their offense uh, other than that. It's bad. And it makes you long for Daniel Jones. He actually gives them a chance that that they don't seem to have right now. They long for Daniel Jones. My goodness. Yeah. You're probably spot on with that. Um, Grant does a great job covering the football team in DC at 106.7. The fan, you can follow him on Twitter. He is at Grant H. Paulson. 
Uh, good talking to you today, Grant. Uh, have a great weekend. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Yep, Thank you. You too. Okay, so listening to him talk, too, when you see the team total for the football team, it's 22 and a half. Yeah. That, that number doesn't yeah. seem a little bit high? Made the case for the under, too. Mm-hmm. 39, 38 and a half, and weather. Supposed to have weather scenarios. Correct. There's a, you can do better than the 37 and a half that's on the screen. Cleveland game, 38. Who's playing? Weather scenarios. Saturday night game, ton of people out, 44 is a total. Right, so he, you know, he's like, the offense can't score right now. It takes a long time for them to get down the field, but they could still cover, like meeting 17-6 because the Giants are so bad. Yeah. Uh, we'll continue down this path. Zach Jackson joins the program up next, uh, covers the Browns for the Athletic. The Browns are now a six-point favorite on Sunday. Is it a tad steep? And he had one of the best answers I've ever seen in a Q&A with fans about this game when he was asked this important question. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. What do you want from your sports book? Great odds, fast and easy live betting. Sounds like you just don't bet. You want to live your bet life. And when you bet with points bet, you get great odds and great payouts all in a fast and reliable book. Download the app now and use code VEASAN2K to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Must be 21. Terms and conditions apply. What a promo. All right, more individual games to go over this weekend in the NFL and how these teams are going to approach kickoff uh, playing time for the starters, etc. Zach Jackson joins us now. He covers the Browns for the, the Athletic, and he's on Twitter at Akron Jackson. Zach, thanks for the time this morning. How are you? Good. Glad to be here, guys. Yeah, we'll Thank get you. into the game coming up. Uh, I have to ask you, though, because you had a Q&A this week with Browns fans and readers, and I thought you had – I literally laughed out loud when I read your response. <laughs> you, were, you were asked from a fan, who's out for the Browns this weekend – and you said hope and joy. 
That's <laughs> <laughs> yes, and Denzel Ward. Um, yes, but all of that. No, it's been a disappointing year. And even a week ago, guys, this set up as a Sunday night football game for the AFC North. But yeah. the Bengals won, and the Browns, you know, faltered as they have for most of the year. Um, they just they just couldn't score. And so now, yeah, they're going to play Case Keenum. They're going to play a lot of backups. There's going to be bad weather. Um, I think the under is a lock because I think the objective of both teams <laughs> Sunday um, is is to just go home. Wow, strong stuff. Yeah. Why were they? Why have they been so reluctant to put Keenum in there with a compromised and banged up Mayfield with a guy who won a game earlier this year and one game in his career before with Keenum? Um, I've been asking. <laughs> For months, really, um, going back to October when he was really clearly struggling with the injuries. Um, I don't have an explanation. The only explanation is that they didn't want to bail. They wanted him to be the quarterback. They didn't want to leave the door open. I mean, Keenan was fine in the Denver game. They won. I think it was week seven, right? Um, you know, he, he's limited, but this offense was limited by playing an injured quarterback, by playing a struggling quarterback. Nobody could get open. He didn't see him when they were, right? So, um, it's one of the stories of the season. They didn't run it enough. The offensive line didn't play great. And, you know, it ended with two national TV really deflating things. And now now the drama has begun and will only continue because that's just how Baker Mayfield's wired. And it's just how the Browns have been for 20 years. How bad was the relationship between him and Stefanski? And will Mayfield be the quarterback next year? Um, you know, it's it's hard to say because last year the relationship was great. They could look like a star and Stefanski was coach of the year and nobody argued with it, right? Um, I don't believe he will be the quarterback next year. However, I don't go any further than 60-40 on that at this point because what are the realistic options going to be? Mm-hmm. And when you look at what we know the realistic options will be, there's not a lot greater than Baker Mayfield. So could the Browns get into a trade for an A-list or a B-list quarterback Maybe we don't know that answer. You know, the draft doesn't look promising and, and Baker is under contract. The fifth year option is 19 million guaranteed. So he's supposed to be the Browns quarterback next year. I don't think that he will. I just think we need a little time to see how it will play out. Okay. So where are you at? Where's the city at with Stefanski? I know you brought up, you won the coach of the year last year and he was great. And I was like, Oh my God, they finally found their guy in Cleveland. And I was super high in the Browns this year, but it feels to me like watching this team down the stretch Zach, that uh, Stefanski gave a lot of that back. I mean, what when you're getting called out by Peyton Manning and others on national TV asking where the hell is Nick Chubb, you might have an issue. Yeah, there was a lot of frustration. Uh, the only explanation for that is that they had just made the decision not to overwork Nick Chubb. But he did get six carries in the third quarter. <laughs> he stiff-armed that poor guy to the ground, right? Yeah. I mean, he is a rare, rare back, and he was underused all year. Now, some of it is by design. I mean, they, this is a data-driven, analytics-driven organization, and they're not going to overuse these guys. And some of the failures are that they couldn't keep Kareem Hunt and Chubb on the field at the same time. That was COVID. That was injuries. That was, you know, bad timing. But, yeah, um, the city's frustrated. Fans are frustrated. You know, this isn't on Stefanski, but this is the second time in three years the Browns have had expectations and completely flopped. Yep. So that's why that's one reason why the city has started to turn on the quarterback. That's why um, this this season was so disappointing. The AFC is kind of wide open, and the AFC North was a total train wreck, as yep. you guys know. Yep. So yep. even with a little bit of competent quarterback play, the Browns would be in the playoffs for the second time in a row, and instead they're in fourth place, and everything just feels 
pretty empty. Yep. Zach Jackson, our guest from The Athletic, he's on Twitter as well, at Akron Jackson. So all joking aside, <clears throat> with hope and joy being removed for this game on Sunday, like who is out? And for those who might play, like do you have any, like what's the game plan here? If, the, if some starters play, like how long is it going to be for? Well, they've been adding running backs to the bottom of the roster and to the practice squad all week, which tells me that Nick Chubb is not going to play or or will barely play. Dearness Johnson, who's been the super sub all year, is on the COVID list. And Kareem Hunt hasn't played in four weeks because of an ankle injury, so why would you bring him back in week 18? So um, Denzel Ward is definitely not going to play. Malik Jackson is definitely not going to play. And yesterday, Clowney and McDowell, both of whom have had great seasons, um, did not practice. So they might play, but on a Thursday practice, week 18, Clowney, we know his injury history. He's headed for free agency. Why would you play him? It just doesn't make any sense. The Browns have no motivation here other than to evaluate young guys. And it's the same with the Bengals and and the Bengals have less motivation because they want to have a real practice on Tuesday, right? The Browns just want to go home. They want to see some guys play. So I think you'll see Demetric Felton get 10 or 12 touches. I think you'll see, um, oh, David Njoku, another one who scored a touchdown last week. He's probably not going to play. So you'll see Case Keenum throwing to Austin Hooper, who falls down after four yards. Harrison Bryant. <laughs> I mean, the, the goal will be to just, just, play, just play the young guys on both sides. There's, there's, it's, it's snowing here now. It's not supposed to snow, but there's wind and rain in the forecast. When there's wind in that stadium, yeah. it's hard to throw. It's hard to kick. This is... This is 16-13 and be done by 345 is the goal of both coaches. Uh, Kick off, run the ball, and get the hell out of there and have absolutely nothing happen is what you're saying. Absolutely. Very cool. Great spot. Again, follow him on Twitter. He's at Akron Jackson. Read him in The Athletic. Zach, thanks for the time today. Anytime, guys. I mean, that is a true – that's the definition right there of the factory of sadness. Yes. That's right. Written all over it. Mm Mm-hmm. So he just ran down oh, the entire list of guys. Beautiful. Weather, preseason, run it, go home, season over, let's go. And then, you know, for the Bengals, it's just on to next week. And they're sitting everybody, everybody anyways. Oh, now, well, l- let me remind pe- people of this, that when Brandon Allen played last year, he started five of their final six games. That oh, was after played, yeah, yeah. Burrow went down. Right. So he missed the Monday night game against the Steelers. That was actually Ryan Finley who played that game. But... The next week, Allen had 371 yards, and he beat Deshaun Watson. Now, the Texans stunk last year, but that was 34-31 in a shootout. Well, the other takeaway is, you, how are you going to lay six? You can't lay six now uh, with this team. No. I, I, uh, and and I, know, I know they don't know what they're saying about Chase. Maybe they just get him the record and get him out of there. But what about the, what about the other wide receivers? Right. Does Higgins and Boyd play and what and they the, do And there? the tight ends that they no, have, I mean, yeah. Right. Mary Kay Cabot again. The Mayfield-Stefanski relationship bubbled below the surface most of the season. Mayfield apparently believes Stefanski's play calling didn't put him in position to succeed or play to his strengths. <laughs> Stop throwing interceptions. And that I, I, There's something to it. I think that was deliberate the last couple of weeks. Don't you think? It's like, okay, tough guy, here you go. Get away from the run. Why would you do that? You're coach of the year. Uh, Why are you not giving the ball to Chubb? You're gashing Green Bay. He was sacked nine times Monday. He just said that he's been asking questions for a long time. Can't get a good answer on it. Not the quarterback next year. And then then that other report, which I know he came back, Mayfield did on Twitter with Mary Kay, about uh, I have have insurance. I want uh, 
Assurances. Assurances about yeah, next, yeah. next year, like you're Aaron Rodgers or something. Here's the thing. This is why you can't go overboard by saying that they have to get rid of the guy or he's definitely going to be gone. Even the guy who lives there and covers their team said it's maybe 60-40. Again, give me the replacement plan. That always has to be like the next stage. They're going to say, bye-bye, Baker. You're not coming back. Well, then what, what are you going to do at quarterback? I don't care. I'll find someone. I'm not giving him $35 million. Well, no, but you don't have to give him $35 million. Well, he, he, I'm, he seems to think he's pretty good. Well, then if, if, he, if those are the two options, $35 million or adios, it's, we're not signing yet. Wasn't it Mayfield who tabled the extension talks too before the year? I think it was. Thanks. How much money do you Yep. This draft class, people don't love it, but that could mean nothing. Guys could come out and be spectacular. But when you know when teams have done this before and punted on the quarterback situation they have, it's tough to. I mean, how many great quarterbacks in the league? Good to great, twelve, maybe fifteen. I'm talking about good to great. You know what you're going to get. Well, how many dads or people have to point out on film? He's open. He's open. He's open. Baker missed him. Baker missed him. Oh, I, I'm not Baker, trying to tell you. I don't I mean, think he's any good. Okay. I, and the the, the, the tip the, passes. The batted it, batted it, down at the line. It over kills me more than anything else. Uh-huh. Oompa Loompa. Yep. Yep. All right. Up next, Packers-Lions discussion. Devontae Adams can set a team record for receiving yards in a single season. Uh, Once, and if he gets it, is he out of the game? Or will starters actually play for a long time against the Lions? We will discuss that coming up here on Follow the Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The Sports Betting Network. Bet River Sportsbook takes football same game parlays to a whole other level. Now you can combine same game parlays from different games, give even more ways to make your perfect combo, and they've added more and more same game parlay props in time for the playoffs and the college football title game. Download the app or go to betrivers.com today. Explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. Playable in New Jersey as play Sugar House. Must be 21. All right, so this point spread for the Packers and Lions game on Sunday has been all over the map. To give you a quick refresher, the look-ahead line last week was Green Bay minus 11. It then reopened Detroit minus 2. And then it flipped mm-hmm. back to Green Bay being the favorite as high as 4, 4.5. Now it's back where we're sitting at Circa as Packers minus 3.5. And, and Steve McGargy covers the Packers for the Associated Press. And uh, he'll give us a breakdown here on this game on Follow the Money. Steve, thanks for the time today. How you doing? My pleasure. I'm doing great. Have a good day. How are you? Doing really well. So let's get into Matt LaFleur's comments uh, this week where he told the media he doesn't want a three-week layoff. Okay, so does that mean like he wants to go out there and play the guys for three quarters, maybe the full game, or is this going to be like a first-half type of deal and then get them out of there? He's making it sound like he wants to treat this as much as a normal game as possible. I'm not convinced that's what's going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if it's more like what you used to see in the third of four preseason games back when there was a four game preseason schedule where the starters would play the first half, maybe a little bit of the second half, but that would be it. I just can't imagine they would risk playing them the whole game with that, with that injury risk, but we'll see what happens. He's been ta- He's been talking about this. Like it's a normal game. He's been playing up the lions, how well they looked, how good they looked against Arizona a couple weeks ago and how this is a dangerous opponent, even though frankly, whether they win or lose is irrelevant. Yeah. It's hard, though, It's because I understand the, the rust factor, what he's talking about, and that long layoff. 
Exactly. I mean, it's, it's understandable. And mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams have spoken openly about how they want to play. Also, Adams has a record at stake. He's about yep. like 21 yards shy of Jordy Nelson's single season receiving record for single season record in receiving yards for the Packers. So he has, he'd like to get that a couple defenders, man, Sean Gary and Preston Smith are right on the verge of double digit stacks as well. So they have something to play for as well. You know, if they have incentives in their contracts for that, I believe Preston does. I'm not sure about Gary. Okay. So the plan with Adams then in right, he could break that on the first pass of the game where he needs like 21 yards uh, with the starters overall, and Adams wants to play. Again, is that like get him the record and get him off, or he's going to be out there as long as the starters are going to be on the field? Again, I mean, the way LaFleur has talked about it, he's talked about making it as much like a normal game as possible, which means Adams would play a lot longer than that. But again, I wouldn't be surprised okay. if at some point they pull them just because of the injury risk. We had a chance, Steve, to watch Jordan Love play once this year. He started the full game, played the entire thing against the Chiefs. Didn't look so hot in that spot. What do coaches say about him in practice? I'm guessing they're probably high on him, but what do you hear about this kid? I mean, they say the usual things about how much, about that's potential, that type of thing, how much he still has to learn. But the one thing, the one positive about Aaron Rodgers' toe injury, which has limited his practice time for much of the second half of the season, is it's given Jordan Love more reps with the more reps with the ones in practice. Not a lot of those practices are open to the media, but Grant, I mean, the game against the Chiefs that exposed the offensive line a bit. The offensive line has been dealt with so many injuries, and it's looked pretty good when Aaron Rodgers is in there and. Jordan Love was kind of running for his life at times in that Chiefs game that they lost. You wonder how much of the offensive line strengths are just Rodgers knowing when to get the root of the ball and being able to get rid of it as quickly as he does. Oh, good point. Follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Steve McGargy, our guest, covers the Packers and Wisconsin sports for the Associated Press. So, where are you at with this team overall? They had home field a year ago. Um, they could still not get to the play uh, to the Super Bowl. They lost, of course, in the in the NFC title game to the Buccaneers. And we ran this down a little bit earlier. They have the 32nd rated uh, special teams at DVOA uh, in DVOA Football Outsiders. Never going back to 2000 has a team with the worst special teams in football gotten to the Super Bowl. And they have some holes on defense too. Um, is this the year they finally put it all together though in the playoffs? Are they good enough to, uh, to make it to a second Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers? Perhaps. I mean, I don't know if there's anybody clearly better than them, or if there's nobody in that in the NFC West that would clearly have a better chance than of making the Super Bowl than the Packers. The injuries are a concern. I mean, that's what will be interesting to see if any of these guys have been out for a while end up coming back to the postseason. Dave Bakhtiari, the pro, the All-Pro left tackle from last season, hasn't played at all this year. He's practiced a little bit this week. Will he be ready for the postseason? What about Jair Alexander? The Pro Bowl cornerback who hasn't played since early October with a shoulder. The Darius Smith, the Pro Bowl pass rusher from last year who hasn't played since the season opener because of back. Could any of these guys or some of these guys make the, may be available for the postseason? And if so, how effective will they be? That's one of the big questions. The run defense looked really, really did struggle quite a bit against Cleveland on Christmas Day, but played great against Dalvin Cook Sunday. So if that run defense can get if that can get more consistent, that would help. And the special teams have gotten a little bit better lately, but still a major concern. Should LaFleur win Coach of the Year? Certainly, he's certainly a great candidate for it. There are a few good candidates, but 
the one thing with LaFleur, it's not just the third, the third straight NFC North championship. It's the fact that they've dealt with all these injuries and have managed to deal with them and see as seamlessly as possible. Plus, I mean, the off field, I mean, the stuff with Aaron, the stuff surrounding Aaron Rodgers after the COVID test and after the COVID test, there were some off field. You keep it, the Packers got a lot of unwanted attention then. It didn't seem to bother them at all. And clearly the way they've overcome the injuries, particularly on the offensive line, is credit to him and the staff as a whole. Yep. You can follow Steve on Twitter at Steve McGargy. Steve, th- uh, thanks for the time today. Enjoy the game. My pleasure. Have a good night. Yep. Where, where are you at with Green Bay overall? Do you think they're as good as they were last year? I think it's pretty yeah. close, but... Depends who's coming back. That's another thing. Yeah. I, I, I don't know about that. That's a tough call, but I, I'm... I know Tampa's not better than they were. I don't think they are. You're going to you're losing too many guys here. Yeah, key weapons. Right, right. I think Mike Palm said it yesterday, and he's spot on. The biggest loss is Chris Godwin. He was having a huge year. Brady loves going to that guy. And if there's going to be no Antonio Brown, Godwin could have been a monster in the playoffs again this year. The good news is they're getting Evans back. And according to reports, like they're down a bunch of running backs this week. But of the guys that they're missing, they're going to be back. Like Fournette evidently looks good in practice. Well, to me, the game's a stay away, uh, based on what he said. Uh, the other thing is, I, I I do like the total, though. The side's going to be tricky. But, uh, again, I recommend a 12 or 14 to 1 for highest scoring game Sunday. I, yeah, I don't mind that bet I mean, at all. Uh, even if Rodgers plays a, and you turn it over to Love and Detroit has a bad defense sure. and keep guys out there, his point, too, about getting reps with the with the ones. I think that total in the game's too short anyway. Yeah. I think, yeah. Oh, Detroit will move it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the game they just came on. What, 51 29 with that right. Seattle game. So, just like our previous guest, Zach Jackson, on the Browns Bengals, he was adamant. He said both teams want, he said they want to be out of there by 3.45 Eastern time. Hand the ball off, get the hell out of there, 16 13. Nothing happened to our players. LaFleur wants to play. You know how Matt Campbell is. I think he's, his players are Dan, probably going to yeah, go. Dan, yeah. Dan Campbell, I'm sorry. Yeah, sure. But I get the Campbell's mixed up. Well, it's also yeah. a whole different ball game. Bengals are already in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, It yeah. absolutely is. We have guys out anyways. Let's just get to the— For sure. Okay, and then the Browns were supposed to be Super Bowl contenders, and they fell short and fell on their faces. Right. So it's like, get, let's get out of here. I'm on to the—we're on vacation now. Yep. It's over. And but for, this is—Detroit has been fighting the whole season, much of it, uh, in, in show and fight, and, and Green Bay doesn't want the rest factor and three weeks off. And that part I can't disagree with, right? Yeah, I, that makes sense. I would not want three weeks off. You have the bye. Mm-hmm. If they didn't have the bye, uh, they would certainly, you know— it could be a different story, just like the Bengals. Well, there could be there could be a couple games here where you're looking at preseason I mean, ugly. I mean, where are the points coming from in that Giant game with weather, and the Giants can't score anyways. And as Grant said, it takes the Giant, the Washington, 14, 15 plays anyways. Mm-hmm. Weather in Cleveland, weather in in New York, wind in Miami, weather in Buffalo. But I could see the bill. I mean, the Bills. Everyone moves it on the Jets, right? So, right. But I think when these usually when these bad teams get together, though, you see uh, for whatever reason it becomes a shootout. That's what that's good weather, no matter what it is. Yep. But, but again, uh, I, I will say this again, um, just to re- remind people that since 1990, teams mm-hmm. that are out of playoff yeah. contention are 94, 56, and four ATS in weeks. What would be 17 and 18 against uh, teams that must win to keep their playoff hopes alive? That's 63 yeah. percent going back. Sure. Squeaky bum time. Other team has nothing to lose. Fake punts. Let's do this. Let's. I mean, other teams like right. the tight. Oh my God, we're playing a bad team. We got to win. What if we lose? Actually, I will say this: like you might see some stuff from bad teams this week, 
where you're going to get mad at it because you're going to say to yourself, where was this in week six? Yeah. Why don't you coach and play like this when you're, right? Like it's the last game you're ever going to play Refuse a little bit punt. more. Yeah, not yes. kicking field goals. Grow some onions place. once in a while. I hear you. Don't always be so conservative, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, all right, so let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. One more game to get into coming up. We'll do that next. Uh, Raiders and Chargers. L.A., again, to remind people, they led 21-0 at halftime of the first meeting. They dominated yards, time of possession, and first downs. What changes this time around? And if you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers has you covered. They're now in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, L.A., New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. The Sports Betting Network. DraftKings Casino brings you a new era of your favorite games, including blackjack, roulette, slots, plus live dealer table games. And this week, DraftKings Casino paid out some huge wins. $5 bet. Won 6000 on Dancing Drums. Told you about that game. $5 bet. Yep, $5 bet. Won over 10000 on Hotspot 777. And a $2,000 hit on Vortex for a $1.50 bet. Download the DraftKings Casino app today. New customers claim a deposit bonus up to $2,000. And they're starting you off with $50 in free credits just for signing up. Download the DraftKings Casino app and use code VEASAN, VEASAN to claim the offer. Must be 21, casino.graphkings.com for full details. Okay, good job by the NFL flexing this game into Sunday night. Huge. Uh, Chargers here in Las Vegas against the Raiders, and L.A. is favored by three. And Vinny Bonsignor covers the Raiders for the Review Journal. He joins us now. Vinny, thanks for the time today. I want to like start off with what happened in the first game and ask you a question about it because it was 28-14, 
but the score at halftime was LA 21 nothing. They led. They also outgained the Raiders 380 to 213 in that game. They outrushed them 168 to 48. And in first downs, it was 25 13. It was really lopsided when they played in LA. So, what changes on Sunday night? Well, first of all, uh, thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, that seems like three years ago, <laughs> that game. Uh, <laughs> it really does. Man, I'll tell you what, covering the NFL, you understand um, 16 games is a long season. Uh, 17 games makes it even longer, obviously. Although that 17th game is really the Raiders' saving grace. They're not in the playoffs without the 17th game or potentially in the playoffs without the 17th game. But, you know, I do remember that um, the Raiders made a pretty decent comeback in that game, uh, and they were moving um, to tie the game, actually, if I remember correctly, and then there was a critical turnover. Uh, They were getting ready to go 21-21, and then there was a critical turnover, and uh, that kind of changed everything uh, in in the fourth quarter. So, you know, and and Austin Eckler had a great game. I know their offensive line, the Raiders' offensive line, wasn't settled yet. Uh, That was the game before they made the move to move Alex Leatherwood from right tackle to right guard to kind of solidify the interior. Brandon Parker becomes the right tackle at that point. Uh, So there was still some stuff that they were trying to figure out um, there. They also had a guy by the name of John Gruden as their head coach. Um, (laughs) Henry Waller was on the field. There's so much that's changed. Darren Waller was out there. We don't know, you know, what extent he's going to play on Sunday. Uh, But uh, I think the defense has gotten better. I think the run defense has gotten uh, better for the Raiders, especially this last month or so. Um, so it's, it's, there's something to be taken from that game, certainly, but I don't know how much because usually in football, uh, at this time of year, it's, what are you doing right now? And what have you done like the last three weeks or so? And, uh, going by that, uh, the Raiders are actually playing a little bit better than the chargers coming into this game. If you, if you base it just on these last three weeks. So it'll be interesting to see what happens on Sunday. You mentioned Waller. You think he gives it a go? And if he does, how, how banged up is he? And what percent could you put on him? I don't know the percentage. Um, I do know that, you know, obviously um, he's banged up because he would have been playing uh, by now. So uh, he he practiced uh, on Wednesday and he practiced uh, on Thursday in a limited uh, capacity. And it wasn't really even one of the, you know, uh, a very intense practice, uh, not a normal practice, more of a walkthrough. So um, I do think he'll give it a go. uh, But, you know, I think people need to understand, fans need to understand, this guy hasn't played since Thanksgiving. Um, That's a long time to go. Your conditioning, um, you know, the the, the timing, everything, um, you know, his body's not where it would normally be, uh, you know, if if he had played, uh, you know, these last three weeks or so. So um, I would think that if he's out there, uh, it'll be on a – maybe a pitch count type of a situation. And, but the the thing is just having him out there changes things because he's, it's still Darren Waller, still number 83, one of the biggest weapons in the NFL. So his presence alone uh, is going to help. And then uh, anything that that they get above and beyond that, uh, I think would be gravy. So if he can't go to me, the chargers game plan kind of seems simple, but this sounds much easier than it actually is to execute I think the game plan should be don't let Hunter Renfro beat us. But this guy just, he does what he wants on Sundays, the way it seems, Vinny. Yeah, he just, um, you know, he, he finds a way to get open. He's just a great yep. route runner. He's just a great football player, period. Um, so they'll pay extra attention to him. But, you know, much like what happened in, in Indianapolis. Uh, you know, Zay Jones is liable to, uh, to, to, to go off. And he's kind of, you know, emerged these last few weeks um, as the more chemistry that he builds with, with uh, Derek, Derek Carr as a starting type player, 
Um, so he's liable to have a big game. Uh, and I, I just have the sneaky feeling I could be completely wrong, but it just feels like Deshaun Jackson um, is, is, is kind of built for moments like this. And, you know, he's been laying in the weeds here uh, a little while, but, you know, he's a guy, the type of guy that, you know, in two or three catches can have a monumental um, impact on a game. And I'm wondering if this is the stage that he's kind of been waiting for uh, to really, you know, have, have, have one of those type of games. So as we're sitting here, believe it or not, even though some teams recently not exactly attacking Chargers and the rush defense, they are still dead last right now, Vinny, with DVOA at footballoutsiders.com. Uh, could this be a game where the Raiders say, okay, we might be limited with our weapons for Derek Carr, so Josh Jacobs can run wild potentially against this Chargers front, and he could get like 20, 22, 25 touches? Yeah, they, they really need uh, a running game to be established but it, because it kind of, um, you know, uh, it, it, everything that they do beyond that builds off of that. So uh, I've seen those stats, too. Um, they were The Chargers were kind of in a similar posi- position uh, in that first meeting, but for whatever reason, they weren't. the Raiders weren't able to, um, you know, uh, really get a good running game going in that game. Maybe that has to do with that offensive line where it was at that point in time. Um, but I think ball control and, you know, moving the chains, uh, uh, converting third downs uh, is going to be key. And part of that is, is being able to build a run game. You also want to try to keep Justin Herbert and that powerful offense off the field uh, as much as possible. So I think that, um, you know, it behooves the Raiders to be able to uh, establish a run. But this is one of those games, this is a game seven, man, uh, you know, in the World Series or the NBA Finals or whatever you want to put it. It's by any means necessary uh, at this point. So I think the the flow of the game is going to dictate some of these things. Uh, but it would help, especially early on, if they could get Josh going. What What if they lose this game? Uh, will Davis clean house? Are we looking at a new GM, new head coach, or – or is uh, could could they keep the coach if they win this game somehow and somehow they make the playoffs with all the distractions? Um, I, I think that they're going to make some big swings at, at the head, at least at the head coach position. Um, I think you know if you look at the and and here's one thing that the Raiders have done I think over these last few weeks and this season in general, uh, especially just being able to deal with everything that they've done or, or, or dealt with, and it's been a lot. Uh, I have never covered a team that's gone through the type of things that they've gone through. Uh, the way they fought um, some of the young players that have emerged, I think Derek Carr you know, has really continues to establish himself as a leader and somebody that you want on the field. But they've made themselves – into a pretty attractive job for somebody. You know, this isn't a rebuild. This is, you know, hey, you know, uh, go find a right tackle, a better right tackle, you know, maybe um, some uh, some linebackers, whatever. It's not far off. Another wide receiver to replace Henry Ruggs permanently. Uh, but it's it's something that I it's a it's a it's a team that I think people would be um, you know interested in. And I think some big names would be interested in it. So sure. uh, I would expect them one way or another to, to probably take some swings at, as head coach. I think for, for Mike Mayock, what he's built, what he's helped build here, uh, the foundation, a team that has the wherewithal to deal with all the stuff that they've dealt with to still navigate themselves to a game away from the playoffs. I think that bodes well for him uh, and his staff as well. There's, you know, they've had to dig really deep into their depth chart and they keep coming up with guys that have been serviceable and don't embarrass themselves or are able to come in and, and execute sometimes on a very short notice. Uh, and somebody's in charge of that, and Mike Mayock is that guy. So uh, I feel like he's done a fairly good job. In spite of what happened with that 2020 draft, 
and some of the inexplicable things that happened with that draft. Uh, this year's draft has done really well. The 2019 draft has done really well. A lot of the free agent signings that they've had, you know, Casey Hayward, K.J. Wright, the trade that they made for Denzel Perryman, um, Solomon Thomas has done a, a really good job. Quentin Jefferson has done a really good job. So he, this has been a pretty strong year for, for him and his staff. Vinny, great spot today. Enjoy the game on Sunday night. Thank you for the time. All right, guys. Enjoy the weekend. Have a great time. You too. Thank on you. Twitter, at Vinny Bonsignor. It's on car. You know, getting Waller's huge. Uh, he's right about just having him out. There's a big difference. Seven of the last nine games, they failed to score more than 17 points. You talk about not trusting Carr, though, or the Raiders. Yeah. I, it's the Chargers, yeah. too. Well, uh, Don't forget, VEASAN has programming like this live all day long, every single day, including Sundays on the Green Zone. Join Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds as he bring you up to the second updates from our team of betting reporters across the country covering all the NFL action. That's the Green Zone on Sunday from 1 to 8 p.m. Eastern right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. It's a great show. They do a terrific job with it. Go to vcin.com to learn more about what we do here and all the places you can watch us now. Did you see uh, Season 4, Ozark? I late, did. I saw the January? trailer. Yep. Right. I, I would say this. That's it then. Oh, it is it. Yeah. If this is it for oh, sure. Oh, they already said that. Yeah. Oh, they did. It's two parts. Whew. Part okay, one, good. part two. Yeah. Good. Because we don't need much more of that show. Yeah. Um, and the Dexter finale is Sunday night. How good's that been? Oh, this show's this, this season really? been awesome. You're kidding? Fan, no, fantastic bounce back. Wow. I can't, I can't believe it. That is an upset. Yep. Good luck with your bets. You know, we're living in a society. Do you concur? Bet River Sportsbook app has a huge number of live streaming events every day. Bet River Sportsbook has great offers, including a $250 match bonus on your first deposit, and all bonuses are only one time playthrough. Amazing offers and great customer service makes Bet Rivers your hometown sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, playable in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. See the Bet River Sportsbook app for details. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. In Indiana, call 1 800 9 with it. Or in Colorado, call 1 800 522 4700. Playable in New Jersey as Play Sugar House. Before you place your next bet on the NHL, check with the VEASAN hockey experts. We are tracking all of the action. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep.